0: We are back with another episode of the Tide Talk podcast. As always, Stacey Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's bittersweet today. Uh, everybody knows about Kobe, and uh, I really hate it. But we also got a special guest on tonight, so if you want to go ahead and introduce him, we'll do we'll uh, Hey, do I
0: was, I was going to give you the honors of, of, of introducing him, man.
1: <laughs> hey, well, I'm a... Uh, I'm glad to have and I do not remember your last name now. <laughs> but uh but we got big Bama Hoots fan, uh Anthony the Jesuit. It's the J but you were pretty close. I appreciate I
2: appreciate the effort uh there. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, um, I like how I handed that off to Jake,
0: so I wouldn't butcher the Say last you
1: wouldn't time. have to butcher it. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> hey, I, I I did my best, but as as if you're a big Bama Hoots fan, you seen you seen Anthony on on, on the T V screen all the time man and and this dude and the rest of the guys man and the student section, man they give their hearts out to to the fan and to the to the players and, and we absolutely love it y'all i'd never uh never thought
2: i'd meet a bigger alabama basketball fan than myself until i started going to games in the student section until i started meeting all you guys on twitter and all of y'all's support on uh bama hoops is amazing like I, I never thought I'd see, uh, so many people really support and come around this program. Like, uh, the people I've met in these past couple of years. Yeah. It's, uh, it, and it seems like the last, I don't know what, maybe three,
0: three to five years, it, it really kind of started the probably the second year under Avery Johnson when the student section really started, you know, kind of getting big and loud and, and showing up to games. And, but this, this season it's just been, it's been incredible. And, uh, but before we, we before we dive into all of that, we do obviously today is has been a kind of a, a rough day for for basketball fans or you know, really just sports fans in general. And uh, you know, Kobe Bryant uh passed away today and, and his thirteen year old daughter and some other people in a helicopter accident. So uh that's uh that's tough as as a kid that grew up watching Kobe and uh I I got to see Michael Jordan, uh, you know, kind of in his, his later years with the Bulls as, as a kid growing up in the 90s and and then watching Kobe Bryant uh, kind of take over uh, the reins and, uh, you know, take the bull by the horn uh, for the NBA and carry that league along with Shaq. Uh, uh, it's just uh, – it's sad. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost like I lost a family member, it, 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 how it's hit me, and I don't really know how to explain it. But But right now we are going to take a – you know, kind of a – we're going to try to time it out to be a 24-second – uh, moment of silence to just kind of pay tribute to Kobe and and appreciate what he done for uh, for the NBA and you know it was just a privilege and honor to watch him play and and he's done a great job outside of basketball so we're gonna do a quick twenty four second moment of silence. All right. So we appreciate y'all hanging in there for those brief, brief moment while we pay tribute to Kobe. And and before we you know, this is obviously an Alabama podcast, but before we dive into uh, to some Bama hoops, we do want to kind of talk a little bit about Kobe and kind of what he meant to each of us. So, uh, Anthony, since you're our guest, uh, we'll kind of start with you. Kind of what is uh, your 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 best memory of Kobe, uh, you know, as a basketball player?
2: Yeah, so growing up, uh, you know, Kobe's main prime, his number eight prime years, I was a little too young to uh, really remember him coming up through the NBA and when he was number eight and his run with Shaq. But um, I was actually more of a Celtics fan uh, back when the Celtics had the big three with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Um, I idolized those three guys. And so kind of growing up, I really didn't like Kobe that much um, just because, you know, they were going against each other it seemed like it was a couple of years in a row in the uh, NBA Finals, but as um, those were my favorite memories of a Kobe. As I matured, when I realized that I just gained so much respect for how the way he played basketball and how he uh, took himself to the game and um, all the enthusiasm he brought through the game, and he, he was just—he's the most fierce competitor I think I've ever seen in the game of basketball. And as I matured and uh, watched him more. I watched his highlights. I, I just gained more and more respect uh, for the way he just brought brought about himself and uh, the way he played throughout his whole career. Yeah, Jake I,
0: or Anthony, that's uh, the,
2: his his competitive
0: spirit, uh, and I think that's kind of what Nick Saban uh, you know pointed to when he when he actually uh, released a statement this afternoon regarding the, the death of Kobe Bryant and just his competitive spirit and his drive to be uh, you know the best and. Oh, one hundred percent. That he's kind of, and I was actually talking to my dad this afternoon. I I gave him a call to to see if he had heard the news, and and uh, you know, of course, he was he was shaken by this. He's a, he's a huge basketball fan, and uh, you know, he he said, you know, he's kind of the the last guy with that kind of mentality that Kobe had. You know, that old school mentality of just, you know, in today's NBA, it's you know, with the with low management and and, and all that kind of stuff. Kobe was kind of the, a dying breed, uh, as far as the the competitive spirit and the drive to to just be successful and be the best that he could be. Uh, so that's that's probably what I remember most about about him. Uh, what, what about you, Jake?
1: Hey, everything that you guys have said um, is one hundred percent correct um, about Kobe. And uh, the the one thing that uh, that I remember uh, the most um, was the um, the eighty one point game he had. And and I remember um, that game vividly. I mean, he and it, it was crazy because I believe going into the fourth quarter, uh, the LA, they was playing Toronto that night, and they was losing. Even and he was, I think, in the maybe 60s at this point. And uh, but they come back and won. And he shot, he shot 18 or 20 from the uh, foul line, seven to 13 from three point range, and 28 to 46 shooting. And I mean, he. He just lit it up, and and it was amazing to watch because you know nobody. I don't think anybody's done that since David Robinson did in '94, and you know Wilt Chamberlain holds the record of having 100, 100 points in a game, but uh, but him being that, man, that was incredible to watch.
0: Yeah, uh, probably uh, that was obviously a very memorable moment, and uh, you know I remember I was young; I was probably seven or eight when Kobe got into the to the league, and and I'll be honest with you, the first part of his career, I was not really a fan because I grew up, you know, at that time I was idolizing Michael Jordan and mm-hmm. Kobe was kind of that next guy. So, uh, it, it really took, you know, into my, you know, I was probably 12, 13 years old and I started just recognizing, you know, what kind of competitor to Kobe Bryant was. And, and it, you just, you just really appreciated the way he played the game of basketball and, mm-hmm. uh, he was a phenomenal player, but as far as a single game, I never will forget when he tore his Achilles, and then he went and he made the two free throws. throws. That that that's is a wild moment in sports history, right there. I mean, that's just, in, I mean, only Kobe Bryant. I mean, really, that's that that's that's the most Kobe Bryant thing uh, that that I can. Att- I, it's just amazing, and uh, you know, it just it just goes to show that you you never know when it's your time to go. I mean, he, he was forty one years old and you know, he was really making a difference outside of basketball since he retired a couple of years ago. And, uh, it's just, uh, you know, just, just last night, you know, LeBron James passed him on the all time scoring list. And, you know, he's tweeting at him and congratulating him. And then just a few, few, few hours later, he, he's gone. And, uh, it's just, it's just a sad day. And, uh, it's going to take a few days to kind of, to kind of
2: regroup and get over this, to be honest with you. I agree a hundred percent. And, um, the way he affected not only uh, the NBA community, but how he affected the world with, um, with basketball. I can't remember his name, the, uh, the uh, New York Knicks, um, who calls New York Knicks game. He was told a story that he was in uh, China for the Olympics, I believe, and he, um, he had an NBA shirt on and um, he was in a cab getting a ride somewhere. And the guy, uh, this cab driver, spoke, spoke very broken-down English, and he noticed the NBA logo on his shirt. He pointed at the uh, NBA logo, and he said, NBA, NBA, down in his broken English. And he kind of nodded and said, yeah. And he, the uh, cab driver said, Kobe, Kobe. And he's like, yes, I do know Kobe Bryant. And the taxi driver pulled off, uh, pulled off to the side and just started breaking down and crying just, just because he met somebody that knew Kobe Bryant. And that just kind of like, gives you an idea of the impact he had into the game or just all around the world, really. And and
1: one, uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention real quick about Kobe. Um, one of the things i seen today um, was I remember when uh, I think it was Matt Barnes, he was trying to pass a ball in and and Kobe was right in his face. And, and Matt, like, tried to throw the ball in his face, like fake to throw the ball in his face. And Kobe never flinched. He just, just looked at him and the and the other thing and this is Kobe's compared to spirit like I talked about uh you know he stayed with the Lakers even when later in the years when he was when when they was down and they weren't doing you know they weren't winning but like 20 30 games and I remember at one point you know he was he called in his own camera he he said you know that was soft and uh talking about the team you know how how bad they were playing you know he he was competitor they they wasn't living up or doing what they needed to do uh, to, to win. He called him out. And that's just his, his comparative nature. And, and that's what I remember most about him. Yeah,
0: it's – he he's definitely going to be missed. And, and like I mentioned before, he's kind of the the last of, you know, or one of the last of those type of players. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what more we can say. It's, it's just a sad day. And, uh, you know, I think – I think all of us are going to remember, you know, what we were doing and where we were at uh, when, when we got that uh, notification on our, on our iPhones. You know what I mean? It's just a, uh, it's just a crazy day. And I, 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 I'm still really in disbelief to be honest.
2: It's just one of those things where you, you just think some people are just bigger than life that nothing can touch them. And I, I tweeted about this earlier that um, he's one of those guys that he's so big you don't think anything can get to him and anything like this could uh could happen to him and then something like this happens and you just real it kind of brings you down to earth a little bit like hey we are all human and these things happen and it's just a terrible and a terrible thing and just a sad day for everybody in the um, in the world for sure i agree 100%
0: <sighs> yeah well i mean i hate to i hate to cuz i could talk about Kobe for for probably an hour yeah. <laughs> and so, so, but, but uh, I think we've paid tribute to him and uh, obviously our thoughts and prayers are, are with his family and, and with the other people. I, I haven't seen who the other people were that were involved in the accident other than Kobe and his daughter. Uh, so obviously just, just prayers for everybody involved with that. And uh, I know it'll take some time to, to kind of get over this and try to move on. So we just want to send our thoughts and prayers to, to the, to the families. And with that. Uh, let's talk some Bama Bama hoops. Uh, yes, right now, yes, sir. Uh, Alabama has uh, uh got a, got a four and two conference record. So after the uh, the, the struggle struggles early on in, in the season and uh you know kind of trying to adjust the Nato system. That's what we talked about last week was how how this team has kind of turned around and uh, you know they're starting to find their way under Nato's and uh but Anthony. From a from a student's perspective and, and somebody that gets to see the team, you know, kinda up close, uh, they're in the student section at home games, just uh from from game one to uh see what was yesterday's game, game nineteen, uh what what has what has been the biggest difference uh in in the team?
2: Well the biggest di- biggest difference I think is what everybody else sees is um how they've adapted into the NATO system, right? Um you could tell they wanted to play fast, the, the pin game, they wanted to Get up tempo, uh, shoot a bunch of transition threes. Um, but it, I mean, it didn't really work out. They didn't shoot. They didn't shoot Fritos very well. They were turning the ball over way too much very early. Um, they were playing fast, but they were playing sloppy, right? And that kind of um, that kind of hurt us at the beginning. But now, each and every game, they're adapting into that uh, system and buying in more and more, saying, "Hey, if we get things done on the defensive end, we can turn that into transition points and um, really." open up the offensive floor where you don't have to play so much of set half court offense and um you can definitely tell just the confidence they're playing with and with game in and game out is it's just been a completely huge difference and a complete 180 from what we've been seeing in years past and really since the um since the uh, North Carolina game in my opinion
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah the
0: the team has de- definitely turned the corner since uh since the trip to atlantis and i think that's kind of what me and jake talked about on the last podcast or it might have been the one before that that's kind of seemed to be the turning point of the season and uh you know like i mentioned they're they're four and two in conference play uh you know last wednesday they they got the the road win at the worst gym and uh in college basketball
2: cursed memorial gym Gym.
0: man that is the
2: that is the worst (laughs) I actually went to that game and it, it's, it's has to be the worst design gym in all of sports. I mean, just floor planned out. I don't know if they're all, it's the spacing thing because the gym is actually connected to the football field and the baseball field. And so and you're in Nashville too. So you really don't have that much you know space to work with when building structures like that, but it has to be the worst design gym really venue <laughs> in all of sports. Yeah. It, it it And it looks terrible on TV. I, I, I don't know
0: how anybody convinces uh, basketball players to go there. Well, I, I don't know why anybody would to play in that gym, but that's just – that's kind of the tangent. Uh, but more on the game, uh, obviously uh, Alabama turned the ball over, what, 25 times in that game? I believe it was. And it just – I mean, what kind of – what? how many teams do you know of can win a basketball game when they have 25 turnovers? On the road, uh, that's just uh, – uh, uh, you're, not of,
2: gonna <laughs> you know, you're not going to win. Not going to win many games turning the ball over, right? Luckily, we're. I mean, yeah. Um, um, I don't need me to hate on Jerry Stackhouse and that team, but they don't have Nae Smith. The only they really have is Saban Lee. They, they're really not a good basketball team, and that's one of the only teams in the country you can probably afford getting away with t- turning the ball over 25 times. Um, But if you turn the ball over that many times to anybody else in this conference, you're you, you're in for a rough ride. I mean, mean, it's just – it is what it is. You're not going to win many games at all turning the ball over 25 times.
0: Right. You know, and, and of course, John Petty, you know, got off to a hot start, and I think he scored 17 points in the first half. And, uh, you know, he is really – he's probably been – I don't think probably. Him him and Herb have been the most improved players on this team from where they were last year. You know, Petty has always been a guy that could maybe be hot one game, but then, you know – be missing in action for several games so he has finally turned himself into a consistent basketball player and and that's on both ends of the court he gets after on defense he rebounds the basketball uh, and, and and what's great about him rebounding the basketball especially on the defensive end is that he's he that allows us to get out and transition you know even better than, than when a big gets a rebound so you know him him flying around and getting defensive rebounds is huge uh, you know he had eight of those against Vanderbilt and uh you know, in that second half uh Kyra really turned on the juice uh and, and and the team went on a run. Vanderbilt had cut it pretty close. I can't remember how tight it had gotten, but they had they had cut it pretty close and and uh then I extended to ten plus and you know they they never led by less than that uh, the rest of the way uh but just uh in shackleford he he he's another guy who who's who's finally, you know, not finally, he's, he's played pretty well for a freshman all year long. But he, uh, you know, you can count on him when he goes to the free throw line, uh, but he's playing better defensively and, and rebounding the basketball. And so it's just, it's fun to watch these guys develop. That's, that's the most exciting thing to me is, is the way that the players are developing. You didn't see that under Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson can get some good players in, but the development was just not there for whatever reason. And uh, it's definitely there this season.
1: Anthony, I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, how what is is the student session more like active um like under NATO's than it was with with Avery? I know you know real Alabama fans loves every sport at Alabama. That's what me and talk about all the time. We're not Fogs, we we appreciate all the sports at Alabama. So well, what what's the student session like during the game? Is it more more riled up with under Oates, or or is it still about the same like it was with Grant, Anthony, and all, and all, or Avery and all that? Yeah, so
2: um, the pin game, actually the first game of the year, the student turnout was actually really good. I mean, the, the whole crowd turned out really good. They're excited for the Oates era. We ended up losing that game, and we didn't really have any great competition. Plus, we were we kind of stayed under five hundred most of at a conference. But um, ever since SEC play has started. Um, really actually since the auburn game the students has um students have been turning out and they've been phenomenal right they i mean they've been coming in and they've been giving it their all ever, ever since then and um like this as this team continues to win more you're just going to see the the turnout get greater and greater and greater and it's it, i it's honestly going to be um a great impact of this in this team's success
1: yeah, man. Yeah, uh, I mean,
2: note no, notes are notes. notes. <laughs> Oates
0: even mentioned that how uh, he, uh, you know, the the fa- the fans, and the most notably the student section, is they're educated. They they know when they when the defense needs to stop. So so they're on their feet and they're they're getting loud, and you know, it's causing the the opposing team problems. So uh, uh, I as somebody, I don't get to go to many games. I maybe one a year. I live in, we live in North Alabama and of course I, you know, I have a full-time job and I have a family. So it's, it's hard to, to especially the weekday games. So, uh,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. it's
0: hard to get to those, but I'm watching on TV and it, it's, it's so much fun to look in the student section and see, see it filled up every, every home game. I mean, well,
2: that's, it, everybody loves winning, right? I mean, the, right. and the, the biggest thing is uh, to fan support is winning and, you know, as I mean, this team has gone, what, 10 and three in their last 13. And yeah. I've you know, we we kind of get on to Alabama fans sometimes about especially the, the boomers, if you want to call them kind of sitting on their hands and not making noise. But I mean, if this team continues to win this, this fan base will get behind them and, and wherever they go. And the students especially. And if this keeps up, you're going to see sellout crowds more and more as this year continues.
1: I, I agree 100 percent. And I think I think uh Oates is the right man for the job. Um, he's already got a big, big time recruit coming in next year, and uh, you know we we talk about it a lot. But man, I would love to see what what JQ would be like on this team this year. You know, thanks NCA once again for screwing us over on that. They love uh, us, don't they? Uh, oh yeah, but man. With, with with him coming off the bench, man, and it, it's it would be great. But we got it next year, and and I and I have a good feeling that we're going to keep. Pretty much our main core uh, next year as well with Keon Ambrose coming in. So man, if we if we get hot and, and at least get, you know, I've seen some people say that we potentially get in a sweet six team. We had that potential this year. Next year, boy, it's gonna be fun. Well, if, if you had JQ eligible
2: this year, I believe he's a starter. I mean, you, yeah, I, my, he's my, my definitely a starter.
1: My yeah. predicted starting five
2: of JQ's eligible is you got Kyra. JQ. I mean, it's the same starting lineup, except you you put Herb coming off the bench, or not Herb, sorry. Um, Jaden Shackelford all coming off the bench, and you insert JQ. You're still running kind of a small lineup, but I mean that that offense is 100 percent so much more explosive with uh with JQ in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah,
0: it's uh, and and it really depends on how how he finishes out this season. But I wish so bad that Kyler Lewis would come back next year, and he may. I don't, I don't know. You never know about the, about the NBA draft, but he is playing really well. Uh, and, and you can see, especially yesterday, when he, when he puts his head down and, he, and he's, he wants to get to the rim, he's getting there. I mean, it's, there's nothing you can do about it.
2: Every and coach it, says it about him is once he gets downhill, he's tough to stop, right? I mean, when, when he gets driving to the – like you said, when he gets driving to the basket, I mean he, – he, you've got to have a big-time rim protector like what we ran into with uh, Nick Richards at Kentucky. I mean, it's right. going to take that to stop him once he gets to the rim. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and, and when, he, when he gets there, uh,
0: you know, and the defense collapses, he, uh, we have
2: guys that are able to make shots. So that's what's, that's what's big for us. And that's a big development from last year. I mean, in years past, I mean – With years past, you were always kind of relying on that one guy, right? Whether it was a Colin Sexton, a Retina Basahan, a Trevor Relaford, that that guy was going to score and get his, but you weren't going to get much offense from anybody else. Well, this year you have so many other scoring options, whether it's Reese, whether it's Shackelford, whether it's Beadle, Kyra, Petty. I mean, you have so many more options on the offensive end that
1: it makes makes the offense flow so much more easier, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And another thing I've noticed under uh, Oates is, the development of Herb Jones. He's always been a great defensive guy. And I still do not understand why teams try to get him one-on-one because he's going to shut them down every time. But but this year I've seen, uh, seen somebody the other day on Twitter saying that, you know, he has not improved <laughs> any. Well, his average uh, – his career uh, field goal average percentage is uh, 42%. He's at 49% this year. You know, he he doesn't, like, score a lot of – points but when he does when he does get hot he can put 10 12 15 up a game and that really helps. Yeah, her
0: herbs offensive game is in uh, what I'm liking is his free throw shooting the last few games. That's yeah. that's that's the biggest thing to me. Uh, oh, 100%. It's man, improved.
2: it's improved it's, drastically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and you fi- he looks like he's actually shooting with some confidence now. That's that's you know he, he used to like he was scared to death to try to shoot it.
2: And, well, I think and, and, he, uh, I think earlier in the season he was still dealing with that wrist issue, right? And yeah. I think now now he's getting one hundred percent healthy, and he's mm-hmm. and he's able to form that shot that Oats has been uh, trying to drive. I mean, he's sixty three percent from the free throw line this year, which is kind of skewed. But I mean, I think two weeks ago it was it was not even I mean, was sub five hundred. It, it was like it like two
0: weeks ago it was literally like forty four percent or forty five percent. So it's yeah, it's uh. Well, and, it, and what is, it was his, he hyperextended his elbow the first game of the year against Penn. Yeah. And, and that, like for a month, he wasn't even able to shoot the ball in practice. So he went for a long time without shooting the ball in practice. So he wouldn't get any shots up other than what he was shooting in the game because they didn't want to overwork the elbow. So that, that kind of put him, put him behind a little bit. And uh, you can definitely tell that he's, he's starting to find his rhythm at the free throw line. And, and hopefully that can carry out to the three point line. We don't mm-hmm. need him to be a great three point shooter, but if if he can, I mean, honestly, I would be
2: happy if he could go one of three or one of four in a game. You know, I, I, well, just picture he, this: if he picture this if he starts getting uh, respected from the three point line, if he starts making down a couple and never have to start coming out in the garden from the three point line, I mean, he, when, once he gets downhill, he's he's about as good as Kyra. I mean, he can beat anybody in the country off the off the dribble. And it's, but um, it hasn't been happening as much because they've been backing him, backing uh, off on the three point line. But once he, they get, um, he gets teams to start respecting him from there, he, he, he's an NBA player without a doubt. Oh, I mean, yeah,
0: he has I, I, yeah, absolutely. Because, like you said, when he is so long and athletic that, that, that once he, if he gets a step on his defender going to the basket, he's going to get to the rim because of his length. I mean, he takes one, uh, one and a half steps and he's at the rim. So uh, – and, and he's getting better at finishing at the rim, and I think part of his inability to finish at the rim early in the season was, was due to the injury. You see he's finishing at the rim now, and if he's not finishing, he's getting to the free throw line, and, he, and he's making those free throws count now. So that's – Herb's offensive development will, will really be the key to how far this team can go, especially when you talk about the SEC tournament uh, and, and possibly and hopefully the NCAA tournament. Definitely. Uh, looking ahead though, obviously there's a huge game coming up, uh, Wednesday night in, in Baton Rouge. And, uh, you know, obviously LSU right now is, uh, the lone undefeated team in conference play. Uh, I, they're not, but they're not ranked. Are they? The, no, LSU's
2: not they are not ranked. They are not nationally not ranked, ranked now, no.
0: but they, they sit at 15 and four overall and they're six and 0 oh in conference play. Uh you know and they've had they've had several nail biters i think they blew one team out I'm, I'm trying to remember their schedule here
2: every game every game in the SEC has been um has been a close game i mean they they had a couple games even against texas and the, the challenge um their last six games have been came down to uh, like four points or less
1: yeah yeah
0: i'm i'm looking at it now here their
2: last five games uh
0: on, the, on January 11th, they, they they beat Mississippi State by one. The 14th, they beat A&M by four in overtime. The 18th, they won by four against Ole Miss. The 21st, they won by two against Florida. And then, of course, uh, Saturday, they beat Texas by two. So, yes, I mean, every game has been super, super close. Uh, so, and I think a lot – that's, that's going to have to do with this game is obviously rebounding because they're, they're obviously one of the better rebounding teams in the country, especially on the offensive glass. And that's something Alabama did not do good uh, or do well against uh, Kansas State with, was was protecting your defensive rebounds. And uh, that, that kept Kansas State, you know, they, they were getting some second chance points and and that type of stuff. They, they were able to get a lot of uh, offensive rebounds. And that's something Alabama cannot allow LSU to do if they want to want
2: to keep it close and, and maybe pull out a victory Wednesday night? Oh, no, coming into the season, I thought that was going to be our Achilles heel, right? I mean, we knew we, knew we were going to have guards that can shoot the ball, but we, we didn't have – I mean, we lost our two, um, two big guys, Juwan Gary and um, – I can't even think of the second guy. Um, uh, J- James Rojas. Was it Rojas? James Rojas, yeah, it was Rojas, to mm-hmm. um, ACL injuries. And beyond has been dealing with some injuries, and uh, you just knew we were going to be we – depth was going to be our problem and our height that was going to be our problem. And throughout the season, we've done pretty well on the glass, and that has been attributed to uh, so many threes. We take the long rebounds; it's easier to um, to grab those rebounds when you're not having to battle inside. But um, it, it sparked up Saturday against Kansas State when they absolutely destroyed us on the offensive glass and kept getting second and third and fourth uh, chance opportunities. And that's how teams are going to beat us. They're going to beat us on. They're going to beat us down low on the glass, and they're going to and they're going to have to catch us cold shooting. Yeah, yeah but, uh,
0: but looking at the, for, you 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 can say something after this, Shaq. I just want to point out, I, were, I was with you going into the season, Anthony. I thought, well, we're going to struggle to rebound the ball. It's it's going to be bad. But right now, we're actually averaging more rebounds per game than, than LSU is. And and like you mentioned, a lot of that has to do with with a lot of long rebounds that that we get offensively because of the three point shot. So, uh, that's
1: definitely going to
0: be what I'm going to be looking out for uh, Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to say uh, about uh, Javon Davis, um, you know, he only played 12 minutes in the Vandy game. Of course, he got hurt, but he had seven rebounds in 12 minutes. So, I mean, he's got very good potential to to be uh, a great rebounder. uh, um, um, He's improved. Uh, I think he, I think he bought, did he lose some weight during the offseason? I believe. Was that right? He lost, he lost a big
2: bolt. I mean, he lost a big bolt of weight. That was the, um, that was the big thing about Javion Davis coming of the year is the, uh, what kind of shape Oats and that, uh, and that staff put him in to be able to, um, to be able to be where he is now. Uh, that's been the uh, biggest plus
1: side on Javion. Yeah, definitely. And and another thing about rebounding as a, uh, and I, Patty, you know, he gets a ton of rebounds a game, but, I've noticed in the last couple of games when he shoots the three and, and he knows it's short or he's going to miss it, he, he, he runs and goes for the rebound. I mean, he don't just sit there and, and, uh, and stall and watch the ball, you know, hit the rim. He, he's actually going back for the rebound. And, uh, and I mean, it's, it's great to see, man, everybody's doing so good, you know, Alabama and, uh, and that we can only get better from here. Well, the petty leads us in rebounds per game with seven. And, mm-hmm.
2: Um, that that's been the big thing about petty this year is, uh, which is another reason why I love Oates so much, is he, he's developed Petty into an all-around basketball player, right? Earlier yes. in the year, he was struggling a little bit from the three-point line in the first three or four games. And um, he didn't get down on himself. I mean, he was still playing great defense. He was still grabbing rebounds. He was still diving for loose balls. And that's, what, uh, that's why, I, why I love so much about uh, Nate Oates is he's, to, he's got all these players to buy into his system. And if you play hard
1: all around the court, offense will come, and it's showing it right now. Right. And uh, another thing uh, about Oates and the reason why we love him was, uh, of course, he went through, uh, we went to that camp, that military camp, and he did every drill with the boys uh, there. And then I think there's a video come out the other day where he was actually running sprints or running courts with uh, with the guys as well. So, I mean, he's not one of these coaches that say, Go out there and do this. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do it. He, he's out there with his guys. And, and I love that as a leader. And that just that's just awesome to see.
0: Uh, and, and another guy that I, I think has, has developed nicely is, is Alex Reese. And yeah. he's always been a really good shooter for, for a big guy. Um, he's, he's hovering right around his career average and three-point percentage. But his rebounding is nearly double of what it was uh, his previous two years. And uh, I, I think his his defensive presence has really been surprising in the post. I don't know if that's just me, but he he seems like he's really improved his ability to uh, to play defense in the post. Yeah, he's our only
2: – I agree. He's our only, like, quote-unquote rim protector because this team really doesn't have a rim protector. But he, he leads the team in uh, blocks per game with just over one. And um, he's, he's our only really big presence down low that we have after, as we said earlier, losing our two big guys. Um, and it's exactly what we needed of this team.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say real quick uh, on Kyra. Man, it was great to see him go off against K-State for, uh, you know, just show up Bruce Revel a little bit, you know. <laughs> Bruce sure to get him a little bit
2: more, more playing time. Yeah, he um, that game was obviously personal to him, and um, he came up big when we needed him once uh, John Petty had a sit-down for a while after he got the, uh, the foul plus the technical, which gave him four. We kind of needed, um, needed to turn somebody to get us on a run. And um, down that stretch, Kyra. Kyra was that guy for sure. Definitely. You, you mentioned having a rim protector.
0: Could you all imagine how great Dante Hall would be in this system? Oh, I, hate, I hate even
2: thinking about it, honestly.
1: I know it. Man,
0: that, first of all, I don't know if y'all have been keeping up with him in, in the G League, but he is dominating G League. I mean, he <laughs> is absolutely killing it. He's actually made seven three pointers this year. He's seven of 19 from three.
2: Well, he I doesn't doubt, I don't doubt that. He was a career 100% three point
0: shooter with us. <laughs> uh, I, I always wondered why he didn't take some threes at Alabama. I mean, he he really had a nice shot for a big guy.
2: I mean, he had a nice always. shot, but if you remember correctly, I mean, he would take a lot of 15 footers and he could never get him to go. He, he'd he pop right. out down on the post, and I, I can't tell you how many 15 uh, footers I've seen him miss. Right. Well, I, the 15-footer, I'm with Nate Oates. That's about useless.
0: That's yeah. the worst shot in basketball. I mean, it's – it's, 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 I don't know. Anyways. But, yeah, but just to, real quick on Dante Hall. He's only playing – he's playing around uh, – I just had it here. He's playing like 28 minutes a game. He's averaging 15 points uh, and 10 rebounds uh, a, a game. <laughs> so, he's in, in his first year in the G League shooting uh, pretty much 66% from the field thirty seven percent from the three point line and seventy five percent from the free throw line, so uh, that's really good to see and you know, we, we all know what kind of
2: rim protector he, he can be It's it amazing what happens when you get in a system that actually develops players uh, that's what I'm saying it would it,
0: it would be incredible to have him this season our yeah. defense our defense would be so see what, what the defense right now is is I mean, they, they give effort. It's not lack of effort, but we really do not have uh, a rim protector whatsoever. I know, when we were just bragging on Alex Reese and what he can do, but he's that's not his strong suit. He's not a he's not a great rim protector. But ha- if we had Dante Hall protecting the rim, oh, my uh, th- this defense would be be really good, especially the way they they, they guard with the energy and effort, and you know they're always trying to to, to get deflections and. You know, Nate Oates is all about the hard hat, getting deflections, taking charges. And uh, that would be really fun to watch him, but he, he was just born one year too early. But
1: I don't
2: really have anything else to add, guys. That was really fun.
1: Yeah, it was. Anthony, you got
2: anything? Um, I will say this the huge game coming up in, um, in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, it, coming out of there with a win, um, you know, how likely it is who knows but i will say this team this team is very beatable that we're about to go up against i agree Uh, they i mean they got skylar mays and uh wadford and emmett williams but um you know i i watching that team play they just look so beatable i mean they've lost a couple of questionable games and um they haven't really they haven't really proven themselves like with any uh any solid or dominating wins so i mean we can go down there and uh get hot from the three-point line don't don't be surprised if we um if we end up winning this game and creating some noise around the sec that hey we're we're for real this year we're
1: we're coming for we're coming for the sec this year i agree 100 percent. we've got a five game stretch here that that's you know going to test us we got like you said at lsu we got arkansas coming in town then tennessee and georgia then auburn so you know, I feel like if we go at least three and two in the next five, man, that that would be a boost of confidence. I I really feel like the way we're playing right now, we could potentially go four and one, maybe even undefeated in it. But it, I know Auburn is going to be tough at home because they're going to be ready after we blew them out. Well, you know, and, and the thing about I've watched LSU play, I think two games this
0: season, uh, and I think actually, yeah, both of them were SEC games, and. The thing about them is, it, 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 they really kind of play into our favor. They're not a great defensive three point team,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they're not a great three point shooting team themselves. So, I I really think that we can go down there and get that dub if we if we shoot our average on the on the three
2: point line. I think I'm to gets the win. I agree. It's all, it's going to have to come down to how well we shoot it from, from the three point line. I mean, you saw it when we went into Rep Arena. We we shot it about as bad as we possibly could from the three-point line, and we—I mean—we still took it down to the wire. So yeah, we, and, and Kentucky shot our, it better than they've shot it in like six years. Yeah, they went nine for fifteen and shot it <laughs> shot it about as good as they possibly could. So if, I mean, even if we shoot half our average, I can see us being in there at the end, and I can see us just pulling out a win out of there. And um, it would be great for this resume. I tell you what. Yeah, it it would it, it'd be a, I know Lenardi,
0: and it's really early. It's I mean it's super early. But I know Leonardi kind of still has us as one of the you know one of the first couple teams out, out of the tournament. But a win Wednesday night would, in my opinion, have them in the tournament. You know, at that point in time.
2: And I would like to say this to all the Alabama fans out there. It, like you said, like you just touched on, it's way too early for uh, yeah. Really, like and Cecil Hurt touched on it too. That um, the predictions don't matter in january right it matters how you're doing at the end of february and early march so if we end up losing this game and lose a nail biter to arkansas saturday and lose two in a row don't give up on this team this team right. can still make a run late in the season and make maybe a little bit of a run in the sec tournament and bam you're right back in the tournament
1: yep yep i agree 100 percent.
0: all right guys hey uh that was fun uh, hey anthony real quick why don't you tell everybody uh, how they can
2: follow you on twitter i know they probably already are but <laughs> <laughs> if y'all aren't following me on twitter go ahead and give me a follow at uh at a d i g 10 because i don't feel like pronouncing my last name because none of y'all will get it right
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey anthony we appreciate you being on and uh, uh we hope you'll get back on with us again soon
2: oh yeah for sure i uh, appreciate y'all having me on and i'm uh, I always love talking tide hoops with you guys. So anytime y'all want me on, I'm I'm more than happy to do it. Sounds,
0: Sounds good. good. Hey, real quick before we go, make sure you uh you follow us on Twitter as well. Uh I'm at Blackwood eighty nine.
1: I'm at Jake Thomas Tide.
0: And uh follow our uh our Tide Talk Podcast Twitter feed at Tide Talk underscore pod. And uh you know, just shoot, some, shoot some Bama hoop stuff at us, and uh, we'll be glad to talk with you on Twitter or whatever, just whatever you want to talk about. and we just love talking about Alabama. That's so right. with that, uh, we'll see y'all next time. Roll Tide.:
1: Roll Tide. Roll Tide.